Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features an episode of The Falcon called Neighbor's Nightmare. I'm not sure when it first aired, but it was sometime between 1943 and 1953. Hello? Yes, this is the Falcon speaking. Oh, Betty. Now, thanks for calling, but I'll have to skip this one, Angel. Yeah, I'm involved with a little character who has an idea he's a lady killer. And I have to see to it that he doesn't take it too literally. This is Ed Hurley, he friends, inviting you to listen to The Adventures of the Falcon, starring Les Damon. You met the Falcon first in his best-selling novels. Then you saw him in his thrilling motion picture series. Now join him on the air when the Falcon solves... The Case of the Neighbor's Nightmare. It's late Sunday night. And at one of New York's most expensive hotels, short, baldish Gordon Daly is asleep in his room when there's a loud knocking on his door. Daly sits up, fumbles for the bedside light, then staggers sleepily to the door while putting on his bathrobe. At the door, he stops and puts his head close to it. Who, who is it? I have the room across the hall. I must talk to you. Well, it's late. Yes, I know, but please open the door. I'm afraid. Afraid? Why? Open the door, I'll explain. Just a minute. Now, what is... Let me in, please. But I... It, it, it's late, and I uh, suppose... I mean, somebody this time of night... Uh... Just for a minute till I collect myself. Well, all right. Thank you. I know this seems strange, and when I explain, you're going to think I'm silly. Am I? I'm afraid so. You see, I... I had a nightmare. Oh? I was afraid to be alone. Isn't that childish? Well, uh... I guess so. I get so frightened, I just can't stand it. Look, do you have a cigarette? Oh, yes, just a minute. Here you are. Thank you. Look how my hand's still shaking. Uh, here, I'll, I'll light it for you. There. I saw you on the elevator and coming in here a few times. You look, well, understanding. And when I get these awful dreams... I, I know how you feel. I've had nightmares. It's really my own fault. I should have put the money in the bank instead of splurging. What? You see, I've never had much all my life. And then all of a sudden, to have $25,000, it's like coming into a fortune. Did somebody leave you money? No, I made a lucky investment. You see, I'd saved up a few thousand dollars over a period of years. And oh. then I heard of this opportunity. A new process for refining oil. So I put in all my savings. And you took out $25,000? Yes, in just a few months. I probably should have left it in. I might have been really rich. But 25000 seemed like rich to me. I bought furs and jewelry, and I'm living here. Your 25000 won't last long at that rate. Well, I may reinvest some of it, but I want to have my fun first. Yes, I see how you feel. The only trouble is I never had anything before. I was always so careful. That's how I saved up the few thousand I had. So now with my room full of expensive things, I keep getting these nightmares that somebody's trying to break in and rob me. Yeah, but uh, now about this investment... I get so frightened when I have those dreams. I suppose it's because I... Oh, listen to me rattling on about myself. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bore you. Oh, you didn't bore me. You're Uh, kind. I knew you would be. This investment, a new process you said for refining oil... Well, let's not talk about that now. Maybe tomorrow if you'd care to see me. Oh, may I... uh, May I take you to lunch? Oh, I'd be delighted... 
You know, maybe this was a lucky accident. I don't know many people in New York. Well, uh, now you know me. I... I think maybe we'll turn out to be good friends. I know we shall. <laughs> yeah. uh, how do you do, sir? Am I in the right place? <laughs> well, look, pal, I'm a detective, not a mind reader. Oh, then I am in the right place. This is the address I was given, but I expected an office building, not an apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are uh, Michael Waring, the gentleman they call the Falcon? Well, you're two-thirds right. Oh, what? I'm Michael Waring. I'm called the Falcon. But about the gentleman, well, there are various opinions about that. Oh, well, uh, may I come in? I, I'd like to talk to you. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Well, Mr. Uh, uh, Daly. Gordon Daly. Daly. Gordon Daly. What can I do for you? Uh, I want you to investigate someone for me. Uh, Mr. Barnes. Uh, Harold Barnes. Mm-hmm. And what's this Barnes, uh, Harold Bonds done? Well, I invested $15,000 with him a month ago, and something's come up. I need my money. I've asked him for it, but he keeps putting me off. And you think he's pulling a fast? I'm not sure what he's pulling. That's what I want you to find out. Well, how come you invested with him in the first place? Well, you see, uh, Muriel, uh, a friend of mine, put her money in Barnes' company, and she made a fabulous profit. <laughs> fabulous is a nice word for it. Uh, just how good a friend is this Muriel? Oh, very good. Uh-huh. For how long? Oh, about a month. Mm-hmm. She crooks the finger, you rush in and uh, get stung. Oh, now, 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 don't get the wrong idea about Muriel. She's a nice girl. Oh, no doubt. She wouldn't lie to me. No, of course not. She claimed dealing with Barnes is profitable for her. Well, I'm sure it is. A nice, fat profit for every sucker she lands. Now, you're wrong. Well, in that case, do you still want to hire me? Yes, but you'll find out how wrong you are. All right. You're thinking of this as a swindle, but it's not. Barnes meant to pay off, I'm sure of that. He, he did pay off to Muriel, but now something's happened and he's stalling. Apparently, he's hard-pressed for cash. Mm-hmm. Well, if Mr. Barnes is so hard-pressed for cash, I think I'll offer him some and see what happens. Oh, you're interested in investing with us, hmm? That's right, Mr. Barnes. And you say Mr. Daly recommended us? Mm-hmm. Oh, strange. To be perfectly frank, Mr. Daly hasn't been too happy with us lately. Oh, he's not afraid of getting his money. It's uh, just a matter of time. He happens to need it now. But me, I'm in no hurry. So uh, if you care to outline the proposition... Uh... I'd be glad to, Mr. Uh, Warren, did you say it is? That's right. Oh. Are you sure you didn't mean Waring? What gives you that idea? Don't be so modest, Mr. Waring. The Falcon is a famous man. And the cops and robbers set. Which are you... Well, I can't pretend to be a cop. As for the other, that's what you're trying to find out, isn't it? Yeah, and this conversation seems to give me my answer. But not your proof. Well, I imagine any fair to middling accountant could take care of that. Why not get one and see? That's a good idea. Well, so long, Barnes. Sorry I bothered you. Oh, that's all right, Waring. Oh, uh, but before you go... Yeah? Take this! Come on in, Muriel. I've almost finished packing. Say, where are your bags? I haven't packed yet. Why do you want me to drop by here? Because I wanted to know what happened. I thought you were going to keep Daly in line. I said I'd keep him happy. He's happy. Yeah, so happy he hires a detective. Well, he's the cautious type. Well, this is the end of the line. With wearing on us, we've got to move. They were stretching it pretty thin anyway. One of the suckers was bound to get restless. 
We're just lucky we have time to pull up stakes. But we'd better hurry. That gun butt's not going to keep wearing asleep all day. Nah, you shouldn't have slugged him. You'd bluff. What's to bluff? He could smell the setup. You didn't have to tip that you knew him. You could have played along. That would have given us more time. We have enough time if we don't waste it gabbing. All right. All right. Where's the cash? In this suitcase. How much does it come to? Oh, somewhere around 80 grand. That's 40 apiece. Not bad. I was counting on more. Well, if Daly hadn't got itchy... I'm not interested in ifs. I want cash. You'll settle for what's here. Not 40. I have plans. They call for big money. Now, don't get the idea I'm cutting you in for more than half. Oh, I'd never make that mistake, Barnes, knowing you. So I'll have to do my own cutting. I'll settle for 80. What? I said I'm taking the full 80. You're out, chum. And if you don't believe me, maybe this gun will convince you. Hey, now, kid, wait a minute. I don't have a minute. So get out of my way. I'm taking the bag. That's what you think. No, don't make... You fool! Why did you make me do that? Hello, Gordon. Oh, Muriel, there you are. I've been waiting since six. I know, I'm sorry. I'm so late. Something awful happened. Yes, I can see you. You look like you've had another nightmare. This one's real. I've got to talk to you, but I don't want anybody to hear. Oh, there's a table in the corner. All right. Ah, I, uh, I see Mademoiselle has arrived. Uh, you wish to be seated now, Mr. Uh, yes, please. That table over there, if we may. Oh, certainly. You said you got here at six, Gordon? Uh, yes, that's when our reservation was for. And you gave your name when you arrived, didn't you? Uh, yes. Yeah, good. Uh, this table, monsieur? Uh, that's right, thank you. And uh, before we order dinner, I think we'd better have a uh, double brandy for the young lady and a glass of sherry for me. Uh, yes, monsieur, right. Thanks, Gordon. Well, now... Uh, What's wrong? It's terrible. You've got to help me. I'll try. I knew you would, darling. You're wonderful. Well, now, I... Gordon, Mr. Barnes phoned me. He said he wanted to talk to me at his apartment. His apartment? Yes, he said it was very important, so I went. But when I got to the door, I heard arguing inside, and then a shot. You... You mean a a shot? Yes. Then the door opened, so I hid on the stairs, and I saw Peter Somerset come out and go to the elevator. Who's Peter Somerset? Oh, he's someone who invested with Mr. Barnes, too. I see. Well, uh, then, did... Did you go in? Yes, was awful. Mr. Barnes, he was dead. De- oh, dear, that means my, my money. It- you never know. Maybe Somerset took it. Uh, excuse me. Uh, brandy for mademoiselle, sherry for monsieur. Oh, yes. Thank you. Not at all. Well, Gordon. Well, we'll have to tell the police about Somerset. That's just, that's just it. I can't. I don't dare. They might think I killed Mr. Barnes. Why should they? Well, they jumped to conclusions. I was there at the time of the murder. That's what's so awful. I was thinking, Gordon, I know it's a lot to ask, but I was thinking... Yes? Well, the shooting took place at 6.15. You were here in this restaurant. You got here at 6. The waiter saw you. You have a perfect alibi. Well, yes, but what's that? Well, suppose you say that you were at Mr. Barnes tonight at around 5.30. And as you were leaving, you saw Mr. Somerset go in. Oh, I couldn't do... Well, Mr. Somerset was there. I saw him. And you're in the clear as far as the murder goes because you were here when it happened. I know, but a thing like that... For me? I, I don't know what to say. Look, Mr. Waring, he's a detective. If I tell him what you saw... Oh, no, maybe... no, 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 no. You mustn't tell anyone that I was there, especially a detective. No, if you won't help me... I... Oh, you know, I'll help you. But if there's only some other way... There isn't any other way. The only way you can help me is to say you were there yourself. 
All right, Muriel. I was there at 5.30. Now, back to the adventures of the Falcon. Half hour has passed since Gordon Daly agreed to save Muriel's neck by placing himself at Barnes' apartment at 5.30. Now he's phoning the Falcon. Hello. Hello, Mr. Waring. This is Gordon Daly. Oh, yes, Daly. I'm glad you called. I've been trying to reach you. Well, I saw Barnes for you. Looks bad for your money. He plays dirty pool. And I've got the head to prove it. What? Uh, he slugged me and skipped. I called in his description to the police. They're looking for him. What? They found him. I just heard on the radio he's been murdered. What? Yes, that's why I'm calling. I think I know who did it. Yeah, who? Uh, Mr. Somerset. Peter Somerset. How do you know that? I saw him. You see, I went up to Mr. Barnes' apartment this afternoon. You went up there? Why? Well, uh, he phoned and asked me to. What did he say when you got there? Um, nothing much. He asked you to go over so he could tell you nothing much, huh? Look, why are you asking me all these questions? Aren't you working for me? Well, I thought so, but you seem to be taking matters in your own hands. Well, but Barnes asked me. Uh-huh. That's the truth. And as long as you're so skeptical, before you get the idea I had anything to do with the murder, I want you to know I was in a public restaurant in front of witnesses at 6.15 when the murder was committed. I see. Now, how come you know when the murder was committed? Huh? Oh, that, that, that was on the radio, too. Well, if you weren't at Barnes at 6.15, how come you're so sure Somerset is the murderer? Well, uh, I'm not sure, only he was there. At the time of the murder? I don't know, he just went in as I was coming out. When was that? 5.30. 45 minutes before the murder. Well, it's just a lead, but I thought you ought to know. Mm. The important thing now is my money. If Mr. Somerset is the murderer, maybe he... Uh, maybe he... Yeah, maybe he. Where can I find him? He's in the phone book. All right, I'll check on him. So long, Daly. Taxi. Wait a minute, Wang. Huh? Oh, Sergeant Corbett. I'll save you a fare. You want to go someplace? I've got a squad car. Well, you're too good to me, Corbett. Don't mention it. I want to talk to you anyway. All right, fine. What do we discuss? Existentialism or dialectics? Let's discuss Harold Barnes. Isn't he a pretty dead subject? Very dead. How did you know? It's on the radio. Huh? How did it get on the radio? What's the matter? Haven't you given out a story on it? No. There was a leak someplace. Whole thing's on the air. Time of death and all. Time of death? Yep. 6.15. <clears throat> Waring, you'd better have that radio of yours checked. Could stand a new tube or something. Why? I've got news for you. Barnes wasn't killed at 6.15. No? No, he was killed at 5.30. What's that? That's right, Waring. 5.30. <laughs> You're going to talk? I've been talking. Ever since we got to headquarters. But you haven't said anything. What do you know about the murder? Nothing. You admit you had a fight with Barnes? Yeah, some fight. He slugged me when I wasn't looking. This is not going to make you love him. All right, so I killed him. You want to sign a confession? You don't have enough rubber hose for that, Corbett. I don't say you pulled the trigger, Waring, but you know something. You're covering for somebody. Now, that's a brilliant piece of deduction. Who is it? No comment. What's with the phony radio yarn you handed me? That's what I want to know. If you'd stop wasting my time, maybe I could find out. And if you'd cooperate... You'd die of shock. <laughs> I couldn't do it to you, Corbett. I simply couldn't. I ought to book you, Waring. On suspicion? On general principles. But we've just cleaned the jail, so get out of here. <laughs> you say the sweetest things. If this case isn't cracked in 24 hours, I may change my mind. Now beat it. <laughs> 
Oh, Mr. Waring, come in. Yeah, Daly. Daly, where'd you get the idea Barnes was killed at 6.15? Well, I told you, the radio. Wasn't on the radio. But I heard it. No, it's no use, Daly. That's too easily checked. Well, uh, I have nothing else to say. You know, chum, when somebody has the facts of a murder before the story is out, it usually means he had something to do with it. I have an alibi. Uh Uh-huh. So this isn't the usual situation, especially since those facts of yours happen to be incorrect. What do you mean? I mean that the murder didn't take place at 6.15. It didn't? No, it didn't. It happened at 5.30. What? Yes, just the time you admitted being at Barnes. Oh, no. No, there's some mistake. And you made it. I didn't kill him. Well, I don't think you did. You wouldn't have stuck your neck out so far if you had. I'm glad you realized that. Yeah, so that leaves just one explanation. Does it? You mentioned a friend when I first talked to you, Muriel. Yes. Nice girl, you said. She wouldn't lie to you. <laughs> Not much. She'd just trim you out of your savings and then frame you for murder. Well, I... I don't know. It was Muriel, wasn't it? Now, come on, Daly, wasn't it? Stay right where you are, Waring. Don't you move. Oh, dear. How chivalrous can you get? A gun, because I accuse your girl? I trusted her, Waring. I believed her. I... I loved her. As long as you're putting that all in the past tense, why the gun? You don't think I'm going to let her get away with this, do you? You don't need the gun to get even. All we need is your testimony. If we can pin the killing on her... If, if. Well, I'm not going to wait. And I'm not interested in just giving testimony. For once in my life, I'm going to do something. Now, wait a minute, No, Daly. you stay right there. This is between me and her. We're going to have it out. And don't you try to follow me. If you do, I'll kill you. I'm not joking, Waring. I'll kill you. Twenty minutes have passed since Gordon Daly took matters and a gun in his own hands. Now he confronts Muriel in her apartment. You cheat, you lying little cheat. Gordon, listen to me. I did listen to you. I let you make a fool of me. You don't understand. I don't understand at last. You were just using me, that's all. Just using me. No, Gordon, if you'd only... Just been... using me. I thought, I I hoped... No, don't you move. Please, Gordon. Now you're going to pay. Don't, don't kill me. Somebody will hear the shot. You won't get away. You'll be caught. Yes, I'll be caught. Well, I don't care. I'll give myself up. Wait, there's money. A lot of... I'm not interested in money anymore. Please, Gordon, put down the gun. Please. Yes. Yes, Muriel, I will... Put down the gun. There. Thank you. I won't need it for what I'm going to do. Buddy, no. Stay away. I don't need a gun. Don't. Don't. All right, Daly, that's enough. Waring, where did you come from? The window. Now let her go. Thanks, stranger, for giving me a chance to get the gun. Now put up your hands. What? That's gratitude for you. I saved your life. Oh, thanks. All right, Gordon, get up. Yes. Waring, how did you get here? I made sure you didn't follow. Hey, you're not too good at the rough stuff, Daly. You shouldn't try it. You left me in your room. Muriel's address is on your phone pad. Oh, of course. When I got here, I knew you wouldn't let me in. That's why I tried the window instead of the door. Well, if you're all through congratulating yourself, maybe you'll tell me what this is all about. Yeah, sure. It's all about your pretty neck, as if you didn't know. Daly wanted to ring it. I wanted to save it. So that you can face the murder rap you're trying to pin on him. Murder rap? Well, don't tell me it's news to you. Your frame isn't going to work, Angel. Daly was supposed to put his neck in the noose by admitting he was at Barnes's at 5.30. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, we won't argue that. Anyway, so far he's only said it to me. He didn't tell the police, and if I deny he told me, where's your proof against him? Maybe there isn't any. But aren't you overlooking one thing? What's that? Where's your evidence against me? Since you seem to be accusing me. You tried to frame Daly. Can you prove that? I can try. You'll get your chance. We'll see whose story holds up. And don't move, either. What? What are you doing? Calling the police. Any objections? (laughs) 
being at the murder scene at 5.30, Sergeant. That's why he tried to kill me. No, that's not it. Daly, you and Waring both admit you tried to kill the girl. Well, I... I lost my head. Sure, just like you lost it when you killed Barnes. But, Corbett, can't you... Yeah, Waring, I see you're trying to build up Daly as a nice, innocent little sucker. So what's a nice, innocent little sucker doing with a gun? I I told you, Sergeant. Muriel, she gave it to me. She told me Peter Somerset might try to harm me because I accused him, and I needed to protect myself. Sergeant, you don't believe... You bet I don't believe. Waring gives me a lot of double talk. Now he admits he was covering for Daly. He admits Daly pulled a gun on him, and the gun turns out to be the murder weapon. Murder weapon? That's what ballistics says. So, with a gun, with a second murder attempt, with Waring's double talk? No, no. There's only one answer this time. Can't you see it's a frame? Did you ever see a murderer who wasn't being framed, Waring? But the girl told him what to do. She didn't tell him to pull a gun on you. She didn't tell him to try to strangle her. She didn't tell you to hold back on me. Her story makes sense. Yours and Daly's still doesn't. All right, Corbett, you win. But do you know how much I win wearing? What? I could hold you, too, for obstructing justice, and don't think I wouldn't love it. Oh, come now, Corbett. I know that behind that stony facade, there beats a heart of granite. Keep up the bright dialogue, chum, but you've just got one out. Otherwise, I throw the book at you. And what's my out? You sign a statement saying Daly admitted to you he was at Barnes at 530 all right, Corbett. No, no, Waring, don't. The truth, Daly. But it'll clinch the case. I, I don't mind about myself, but this means Muriel will go free. She'll get away with everything. What can I do? Go ahead, Corbett. Have the statement typed out. I'll sign it. Oh, you. Well, that's a friendly greeting, Muriel. You still haven't forgiven me for saving your life. I still haven't forgiven you for trying to pin a murder on me. Oh, well, we all make mistakes. I signed the statement tying it to Daly, didn't I? Then you couldn't help yourself. What do you want? In? Sorry, I'm busy. Doing what? What's it to you? I thought I might help. No, thanks. Goodbye, Mr. Willie. Not so fast. I happen to be interested in you, Muriel. Thanks again, but it's still goodbye. In fact, I'm so interested, I've been following you ever since they threw Daly in the can. What's that? You see, I knew this was more than a murder... Barnes was working a neat swindle. Must have collected quite a bundle. But the police had searched his place and Daly's. No dough. So what am I supposed to do? Well, I haven't given up on you, Angel. That's why I've been hanging around. Uh, a little while ago, you received a parcel post package. What was in it? You tell me. Okay, I'll make a stab at it. You mailed the swindle money to yourself. Let Uncle Sam hold it for you while the heat was on. Nice guessing. Where does it get you? I'd like to see the package. And you'd like to take a walk. All right. I'll be back with Sergeant Corbett. No, you don't. Uh-uh. No guns, Angel. Let go. Not yet. Let me have that. You're trying to pull this just about trenches things, Muriel. You can't prove anything. I've proved enough to get Sergeant Corbett up here with a search warrant. That ought to wrap things up. Let's go phone him, shall we? Wearing, I thought you'd let me down. Well, for a while, I had to, Daly. Well, you worked with Sergeant Corbett before. Wasn't there any way you could convince him? Sure, by getting proof. That's what I did. And in the meantime, I had to sit in jail. I wasn't worth it to save you 15 grand? Not to mention your neck. It was worth it to get even with Muriel. <laughs> you sure are one for revenge? I huh? think of how much I love that woman. I... Well, I still do, I guess. That's why I hate her so much. Well, that makes sense. It does. Well, at least I've learned my lesson. From now on, I'm through with women. They, they, they're nothing but trouble. That, that's all they are, wearing trouble. Uh-huh. Well, got to be going. Oh, yes? 
Where? Oh, just out looking for trouble. Good night, Daly. Falcon, real name Michael Waring, started as a series of pulp detective novels written by Drexel Drake in the tradition of Sam Spade. The Falcon then moved on to some solid B-movies with such titles as The Falcon in Danger, The Falcon in Mexico, The Falcon in San Francisco, A Date with the Falcon, The Gay Falcon, and of course to be followed by The Falcon and the Coeds. The movies premiered between 1941 and 1945. You can be forgiven for not remembering these movies, but if you search IMDb, they actually are there. The radio program first aired in 1943. The star at that time was Barry Kroger. The title role was later played by James Meegan and Les Damon, and a few others. Each show began with a phone ringing and the Falcon answering and usually brushing off a female admirer. The phone call also set the tone for the series. The Falcon is a loner. He doesn't have a love interest, a partner, nor really even a friend for that matter. He works the cases alone. The cops in these shows are generally portrayed as pretty dumb. They sort of work with the Falcon, but they would love to throw him in jail, either justifiably or not. The Falcon is based in New York, and the toughs are New York tough, but the Falcon is even tougher. The show lasted 10 years, from 1943 to 1953. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.